0: for Surfer Podcast, with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Moore. Liam, how are the skid marks, my friend? <laughs> You've
1: been wiping your ass properly? You have to start every show with something I don't, absolute. I don't. I've been very fortunate in not my life every time. to not suffer from those things, because I'm a very avid wiper, and there we go. I think the queen even gets,
0: she no. probably does the, um, the wipe the ass and then has the wipes, you know, like the wet wipes? A lot of households have that. I got into that a bit too late. I think there was, there was many a pant skidded by myself up until the point where I got this. Now, listeners listening now. They, no, they're we are they're all, turning off. Well, in they might their be drug. turning off. But the, if the ones are genuinely interested, get the throwaway wet wipe steel going. That's the one.
1: Oh, no, they're terrible for the environment. What you want to get is a B day. Now,
0: that is, do you know, when lockdown came in. Not that I've ever had one, but I don't need But, that but sort when of thing. lockdown first came in and toilet roll was flying off the shelves, guys, whatever happened to showering? and cleaning your arsehole in the shower. And on that point, a bidet, a bidet. Now, I don't know what they call that in, in New Zealand. In New Zealand.
1: <laughs> New Zealand, France, America, wherever. That's, wherever the beat, that's the French word, isn't it? Oh,
0: dude, I missed the joke completely. That's how little French I know. No. It's about like when you messaged me the other day, you, you replied back with some French oui. May we? And I was like, that could mean, Will, you're a twat. You might have been saying that, I don't know. We are currently in lockdown in this country, and we aren't getting any waves we've gone through
1: how long the drought now dude it feels like about a month but actually it's less than that. i think we were on about two weeks of nothing of note we ended on some pretty good waves didn't we i mean mm. the last time you probably listened to the show so we'd had a really good run of very good swell we were able to visit the wave as you know from three previous episodes last year and it was just we were having a good old time and then suddenly there's a few bits happen and the what for whatever reason well we know, the swell direction and the wind direction has just conspired against us a little bit, hasn't it? And for a lot of people, I think the surfers up on the northeast coast have had a reasonable time. I think they've had some waves and some swell. But we haven't, have we, down mm-hmm. here? Mm. Did have a little tickle yesterday. That was
0: actually quite fun in the end. Only small, but it required immense skill because longboarding, I think, this is my judgment, i longboarded and I've shortboarded over a good amount of time now. I can hand on heart say that longboarding done, whatever well is, but longboarding done where you're trying to flow into the pocket and trim just as the lip goes and hang five and hang ten and really surf the wave to its fullest potential, that's a better way of describing it, takes more skill and more balance than shortboarding. Shortboarding, if the wave is giving you like a bit of um, something, it is a case of toe rail, heel rail, and look at the lip and come across it and it all... (laughs) Saying that, like it's all really easy, really simple. But of course, it's because I've done it a lot of times, I guess. But the way I see it is, I've done also longboarding a lot of times, mm. maybe as much now as shortboarding because I've had to because mm. of the ways we get doing it to my optimum is harder. Mm. And uh, I'd really take my hat off to people who do longboarding beautifully. It's a stunning thing to watch. So much grace when it looks so just, and they're doing it on the nose and the timing of that nose and the balance. There's a lot more balance that goes on through the core. It's a lot less glutes. A lot less legs in that way, but it's a lot more sort of core balance and how you balance your body in that way.
1: So we had a little longboard wave and that was fun, but... Super graceful, isn't it? When you see the kind of the pros doing it, like anything, you know, I don't longboard. I've got a a mid-length thing now, which I guess is some of the principles and techniques coming in there. When you see, like anything, when you see something done really well to somebody who has kind of practiced that for a very, very long time. It looks easier than it is. They always make it look easy. As we were saying with some of the kind of pros from last week, we go, they make a very difficult look very simple. And in doing that makes it look super attractive. You think, I want to have a go at that. But then when you try it, you're like, holy shit, this is hard. This so is a true. very, very tricky thing to do. And
0: not only that, but then the
1: ways you get to surf. Yeah.
0: Not only your physical ability, your mental ability, all those things, not only that ability level, but the waves you're on Yeah. and the amount of times you get to go surf them yeah. can create such a disparity. Between what we see in surf media versus what actually happens in the surf, in the break that you get to surf regularly. Even if you live in a really, really, like, immensely powerful, epic surfing part of the world, you'll still find that most of the days are average. Yeah, It's just we get these little – it's what we call the trailer to the movie. That YouTube clip isn't reality of a surfing life. It's the trailer to the movie. The, the real movie of the surfing life is all that graft in the gym with the stretching and eating well and, you know, accepting the forecast when it's not coming up and then getting a little opportunity when the family and work dictates it so and then when you do finally get in, you know, making the most of the conditions you have and riding maybe a bigger board and just remaining mindful of, say, of the crowd or whatever. But the the reality, the real true reality is a very, very, very different thing. And what we've been fed in the media, uh, social media, obviously, is this idea that this is the way surfing is. And fuck me, is that appealing? It's blue skies... It's pumping waves, people are getting barreled. That looks fun. And flying down the line, Rob Machado. Let people look at, I want to get a seaside fish. And there's Machado advertising it in his red wetsuit yeah. on what can only be described as probably the most perfect France you could surf in yeah. a 3-2, no boots. And it's Rob Machado. And now listen, and that's cool. I think there's two sides to that. One is, well, yeah, of course use that to get your stoke up and get your motivation going. And, but then also be very, very acutely aware of when that disparity can come up of, oh, well, this is three foot
1: and onshore. Yeah. Well, that's what you get. That's it. You don't look at the same gloves that Manny Pacquiao's wearing and think, I'm getting a pair of those. And as soon as I get a pair of those, I'm going yeah. <laughs> to start boxing like Manny Pacquiao yeah. or Anthony Joshua or whoever your sort of idols are. And the same with, you don't put a sport shirt on just because it's the very sport shirt that your idol wears and thinks you're about to perform the same way. Because that old cliche that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success when you see those those humans making that difficult thing look very easy, it's because they've done all of the difficult work and fallen over and fallen off and tried and failed and tried and failed and practised and, and done all of the training around that particular sport as well or that, that trick or whatever it might be to bring you that moment that what you see is actually not what you will get. <laughs> you know, you've got to... So true. A, but if you do all the stuff that they've done for the same amount of time, and there's nothing to stop you attaining some of that level all that ability. It's about attitude, time and effort and coaching and so an environment. Like you say, mm-hmm. the waves we see relating it right back to surfing through the prism of, um, you know, Instagram, YouTube, surf movies, whatever it might be, whether it's kind of Kolohe or even Torrin Martin on the Need Essentials kind of freebie that we watched. Those waves are just epic, but we don't get those all the time. So you have to make do with what you've got, but it doesn't mean that you can't put all of the other things in around it, strength training, diet, sleep, all of that stuff we'll talk about later, to at least give yourself the best chance that when those waves do come along, you're going to have a good go on them.
0: It's squeezing out every last drop of what you can from that surf lifestyle. I've got to mention Torin Martin. He's got to be the most understated Surfer on the planet. Now he gets to that break. There's a movie of him traveling around New Zealand. It's a great movie. Yes. Really, really good. And he gets to this. Now, listen. This is just his character. It doesn't? It isn't... There's no judgment. He just gets to this break, and it's like six foot offshore, pumping, and he goes, "Oh yes, oh it's breaking." And. <laughs> Me and you and me and other mates have laughed. We just, we would get, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. And there's no one in. And it's like, it's wrapping around a headland. And, you know, enthusiasm is a really interesting thing. Because I think being openly enthusiastic is actually being quite vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because in surfing, it's much cooler to be, oh, it's a bit.
1: Yeah, massively.
0: It's a bit, yeah. Oh, it might be better around the next corner. Or, oh, okay, well, let's make the most of it. Let's just go in anyway. And, oh, it's a bit shitting. Or even if it is crazy pumping, just kind of still like, mm, yeah. Maybe it's because we're surrounded by the people who are like yes. us. You know, are stoked, yeah. real, real, stoked. I think it's because it's just such a fucking gift. It's so good. You're arriving at the beach, and there could be no greater Christmas present than waves. Well, wow. it's like it's way, it's worth way, way more than money. Like you can't compare even an okay day of waves and getting to surf them. To money, it's like it's priceless. you can't put a price on. We call
1: it millionaire surfing, don't we? When you get a day where there's just a couple of you in in our local somewhere, one of the local breaks, and it's we've got we've got waves. Even if we just got waves, doesn't matter what they are. Week, whatever. That's winning the surf lottery every time. It's kind of particularly relevant now when you know when you're listening to this. Could be anywhere in the world, or under various restrictions of whatever lockdown that the governments of your country have imposed or, or are imposing or about to. So every time we're able to access the surf, it is even with even more gratitude. But also knowing that for anybody that can't at the moment, there are things that you can do, things that you can try and sort of focus on to be assured that it will come back. You will be able to do it again. And and, and no moment is forever, both good and bad, in fact. A hundred percent. And that's kind of something that we are very mindful of sat here as we talk to you all. And that's
0: where we spoke on social about
1: harnessing that morning routine and why
0: the morning routine is so vital because it sets up the whole day. And the wonderful thing about looking after your body when it's for your surfing is it gives you the motivation to do so. So that not only are you winning now because you feel better now from having done that stretching session, eating a healthy meal, or getting to bed on time, or performing that random act of kindness because it keeps the stoke alive, or whatever number of millions of little things that you do in your day to keep yourself well, not only are you winning then because you, you just feel good, but the more you feel good now, the more likely is is you're going to perform at your optimum when you get in the sea. And that then gives you even more reason to then want to keep that feel-good journey and going back on the land. So it's an incredible, perfect cycle, just circular action of do things that make you feel good now that are good for you long-term too, because someone might say to me, say, well, that crack cocaine and jo- whole gatto <laughs> makes me feel good now. And I say, well, you know, you know, within reason, feel good now. You know what I mean? Like do the things that make you feel good now and later on, right? Yeah. Not just now. Although I can be, well, maybe not crack cocaine, yeah. but I can be victim to chocolate like anyone. It's a wonderful, it gives you the reason because the most important thing with anything is the why. Why am I stretching right now? Why am I about to do squats with this weight right now? Why am I about to do my balance work on one leg? Why am I about to take this supplement for recovery? If there's a real deep reason, and it be surf, because you're listening to this show, and I know that is the thing that you love. When someone's in, when someone's fucking hooked, when they're in, like Kelly Slater said, once you're in, it's like the Mafia, you're fucking in for life. So once you're hooked on surfing, that's it. So when you have that thing, have a moment of gratitude to yourself to have something like that in your life. I mean, people... If you get to know that they have so little purpose, it's remarkable. They exist. They literally just go from one thing to the next. There's no major reason. When your reason is is to perform and enjoy the ocean, you're winning. You are winning, winning, winning. That is the most wonderful, wonderful thing. It's like a secret.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's Salema was saying on on that post that we mentioned last week. When somebody asked him what he's training for, he said, "Well, life. <laughs> training for life." We always say life, surf, love. It's the same four-letter word, isn't it, you know, in in, in many respects. There's a other sort of line of thought that goes with that that says, you can only fight as well as you've practiced. That in itself is, well, why am I doing this every day? Because it's hard, isn't it, to motivate yourself, especially if you're confined to your own room, flat, house, space, guard, whatever it might be, to kind of get that motivation to go. But knowing that you're training for when it comes, and you never know when that might be, so you might as well be prepared for it. And look, you know, we're talking to ourselves here as much as we're talking to you guys about why that is a good thing. Everybody needs to kind of give themselves a kick and a reason for why. What's really helping me is that we mentioned it again last episode, and you're a big fan of Aubrey Marcus saying, how do you break it down and doing that on a day by day basis? That's really, really helping me kind of deal with the things to do to get better over a long time is just breaking it down to one day at a time and owning each day and therefore you own your life. To kind of go back to that thing about, well, how do you eat an elephant? Sort of quote, well, it's one bite at a time. So true. Don't think about, shit, how do I demolish this whole thing? We'll yes. just start and keep going. So, so true. Not advocating eating an elephant, by the way. <laughs> Even if you are hungry. <laughs>
0: Pretty tough. Pretty tough. I think the hoof, the foot. <sighs> seen an elephant's foot, that's... <laughs> got some cartilage in there. There's going to be some collagen in there. If you want to find your collagen supplement, go find elephant Did, hoof.
1: Th- there was always in the, I don't know if you remember this, there was always, my kids still love the Guinness Book of Records. I don't know if this person's still in his, or this kind of record is still open. There was always somebody in the Guinness Book of Records when I was a kid or on the TV who would be famous for having the world record of eating strange things. So some guy would have eaten a light aircraft bit by bit. And you think, how do you even find out I'm all for motivation, anything's possible, but how do you even find out that that's, that's something you want to do and that you can do? And not only are you going to do it, yeah. you're going to be the world's best at it.
0: You're going you're gonna to really own that shit, aren't you? Yeah. I've no idea. Yeah. I think it's the same guys and girls who eat glass. Yeah. That's just amazing. Um, segment one, well, that's it. Philosopher's Corner, we dive in. Wow. We're moving on to our little segment number two, the mindful surfer, where we just have a couple of moments to check in with your breathing Raise your awareness because with awareness you have the thing that you need to notice your reactions to things. Notice how you make decisions, why you make them, when you make them, how you act and behave and how you are in this world. There's that level of awareness in yourself. So take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe out and breathe in.
1: and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out.
0: Take a breath in and breathe out. Now what I want you to do is just pay attention to what you can see. close attention to what you can see. And if your mind just back, shifts back to thinking and distracts you, notice that you become distracted by your mind and then just come back to seeing what you see. Take one more deep breath in for me. So as deep as you can, I want you to hold your breath. Just notice the stillness. And then breathe out, breathe out slowly. I had a moment of mindfulness, or needed, (laughs) relied upon more, uh, yesterday when I was in the sea and having a great time, getting some lovely little lefts on the longboard and noticed some people come down the cliff and a couple of kayakers And then followed closely by a stand-up paddler, and I went, "Okay, so things have shifted somewhat." Because the thing with kayaks is, I have no idea which way they're going to go. Are they going to go left? Are they going to go right? And I remember being in with a kayaker once, going, "Okay, which way are you going?" Because it's that communication. I don't know. (laughs) They don't know. (laughs) No, but that's what he said. It's unbelievable. Now, stand-up paddlers is one thing, way out the back. And I do find that, that's, that is my least favourite.
1: Stand-up paddlers know which way they're going. They just can't, they just don't, they don't can't, always, make, can't, can't get that way. Can't always control <laughs> it.
0: So anyway, that, that happened and, and, and I was in the sea. And uh, I initially was a little bit pissed off. Not fully pissed off. There's no way I can say it was that. I was just a little bit pissed off. They were walking down the beach. It was a really low tide and they walked and walked. And then, oh, look where the surfers are. Let's go go there and we weren't necessarily even on the main left that you get at the, the beach we serve we were further down so they, <laughs> they saw where we were and went oh that must be the best place to go is where the other surfers are but i find that level of mindlessness in surfers intriguing but also my wife always reminds me that people they do what other people are doing and when you do stuff that other people don't do it takes mindfulness and bravery so when you're an outlier and you really are carving your own path, and we're relating that to surfing, going to that bit of the beach, and you're just purely focused on the fact that it's uncrowded, and it it might even look gnarlier or messier or more wind, wind on it, but you have the mindful awareness that you're like, I'm going to have a better time because I'm away from other people. Now it might be that it's an individual thing, and some people just actually genuinely prefer being around other surfers. That's cool. So that might be a mindful act anyway. We never know, do we? We don't know. We never know what other people are doing, what they're doing. I don't even think they do sometimes. But it is amazing, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. We've talked about this a number of times. So many times it comes up. It happens a lot, doesn't it, where you go somewhere where there's people milling around, but there tends to be almost like this magnetic effect that surfers often gravitate to one place. I still think that a large part of it is a almost like a safety reference point for some people, especially those on the kind of improve a bit where you go okay there's people there it must be okay that must be where it's okay to surf. it's a fair point actually and in fact it's more dangerous sometimes isn't it because crowd especially in different watercraft doesn't help you know oh, i'm glad i didn't surf now yesterday i was at work that's made me happier that you were having to navigate kayaks and stand up paddleboards. there you go
0: that's a mate who's Angry. happy Angry. happy for you Angry. i'm happy for <laughs> you
1: yeah.
0: cheers mate yeah. segment number three Mind-body-stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies. Mm. Razor-stoke. I want to mention something on body. It's very, very easy to do too little to help you surfing. That's strength training, Pilates, yoga, balance work. And also very, very easy to do too much as well. Mm. The insight I want to bring forward for that is recently gone into a lockdown, and I've been working much less. There's therefore more time on my hands. Now, we haven't also had many waves either. And... um for a few days in a row, I just I noticed, by the way, firstly, how much energy I had not surfing all the time. Because we had a period where we were just surfing constantly, when I was constantly just trying to recover from surfing. So we've gone through a period where we're not doing that really as much at all. So there's more time on our hands and I'm going to use all this abundant energy. It's like training, let's, let's get into the training. Let's really help the surfing. Let's, let's also you know build a bit of healthy muscle and burn some fat and help the fitness and the aerobic fitness and balance and all these things. And I'm training day after day. And actually it was two or three days ago, the corner of my back and I never get back stuff sort of start coming in. Cause I've done a load of deadlifts. I did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of deadlifts. And it was this thing where I've done, I've now done too much, but your body's always given you clues. It's always given you clues because someone might get a back thing, let's say, or a knee thing or whatever, because of too little too. Yeah. So it's a really good challenge body care. Cause how do you know whether to leave something alone entirely, let it rest. Or do something about it. Well, the only way you can learn is through your own experience and tuning in. So the next day, which was yesterday, no, two days ago, I had a day off completely. I did more mobility work. I did massage rolling around my my hips, sides of my legs, and I did more deep breathing. It had a really good effect. The next morning I woke up was the day of the surf, which was yesterday, and um, it had gone. And it was cool. But you get these little clues. And here's the thing. Pick up on those clues as soon as you can. Without being a hypochondriac, but rather than ignore those little clues and let them build and let them build and sweep shit under the rug and under the rug. Eventually that rug just builds and builds. Mm. And before you know it, you've got a full-blown situation, full-blown problem. So body care can look like a big mountain to climb, but really it's just your connection and therefore awareness, because they're linked, connection and awareness, to how you feel right now. And that's all you need to do. Because it does look like, you know, someone's really, really fit, or they're surfing really, really well, or they've got all these things, these ducks in a row, and it looks like it's a big deal, like they're doing loads of things, that they're not. They're just, what they're doing is they're making the present moment their mode of operating, and that is it. As in, you know, their body needs care, and they will drop their shit. Now, if they can, obviously, if they're driving, that's a bit different, but (laughs) if they're in life, and there's chores to be done, and there's this to be done, and that to be done, and they know there's that, because they're aware, because they're present, there's that little voice it's always very quiet but it's just sort of saying you need to go stretch yeah and you need to go do your deep breathing and you need to get away and you need to do that and that needs to be happening if that's going on they will drop what they're doing and go do it yeah and that's very very difficult for humans to do because we get into what's called doing mode and doing mode is like a wheel Mm. and it starts slowly chores to-do lists chores to-do lists things to do work to be done emails to be sent and eventually that wheel Is spinning so quickly, it takes huge discipline to stop it
1: and go and be. And especially if you're sat during this time when it's like an enforced lockdown, you know, a lot of people aren't going to offices. If you've got an office job, a lot of surfers have office jobs, you know, and they surf when they can and they move when they can. But almost because you're at home, you are stuck sometimes without reminding yourself to get up, make a coffee, move, squat, lunge, stretch, or whatever. You could set yourself reminders, put in your calendar, in your diary to ping every 15, 20 minutes. I have to remind myself, actually, because that's one of the downsides of you end up sort of sitting often in non-upgraded chairs as well. What's worked for me is trying to take Tony Riddle's um, advice and work in a squat position often, you know, or work on the ground. This convention that you have to sit at a desk well, you do what you like you're in your own house, you know, but maybe that'll go back out into the workplaces as well, where functional movement becomes part of people's office jobs, if that's what they've got. You can set that time aside to make sure that the mobility stays there because doing too little in the day by being static can also have, like you say, those those massive impacts as well. And then doing too much if you you're overtraining because you may be not working because of the situation that we're in so you overtrain it comes back to that whole thing about order chaos isn't it are you in what where are you on that scale are you in too much of one or the other and how do you get back to the line so true keep getting back to the line
0: hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to itunes and leave us a review the more ratings we have the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. And I think that we've got to be really kind to ourselves because surfing, so much of what surfing is giving us is the feel-good endorphin, buzz, high energy, good mood, all of the, from exercise. Yeah. So then when you take that away, through maybe a lockdown, through an injury, flat spell, overcrowded conditions, whatever it might be restricting you from being to go in, it is really understandable to then suddenly overtrain because there's that missing piece there. And you're putting in exercise to get that feel-good factor that surfing was giving you, except the thing about surfing that makes it unique as an exercise choice is it can be done, and this is my kind of physiological hat coming on here, it can be done much more day after day after day. Whereas running, Mm -hmm. in particular, is very high impact. Running, weightlifting... Etc. cetera, et cetera, those kinds of activity, they're more high impact, they can only be done once every three days, once every two days because you need much more recovery. So it's understandable that people would start to suddenly overtrain if they couldn't go surfing. So you've got to be really disciplined at leaving things undone, at le- letting the body just rest. Now, I don't think ever, I mean, you just touched upon this, I don't think we should ever not do mobility. That's a very different thing. If you want to do something that is every single day, it's mobility work, which is breathing through stretching. Just really basic mindfulness work where you're keeping your joints supple. But the actual training, training needs to be more
1: periodized. Yeah. A few episodes ago, we touched on this. When you take something away that is somebody's, if it's your only crutch or if it's your escape and then that's gone, there's a huge withdrawal comes from that for human psyche, emotion, well-being, and so it's almost, that's where the mindful surfer part comes into it, because it's then dialing up the acceptance, the meditation, the dealing with the here and now, because railing against something that is beyond your control is a very difficult place to be. Whereas accepting and, and just being certainly helps me deal with the times when we're not out. And it's very difficult to do because we're humans, right? And you kind of, you have your best intentions, but you, you don't always hit the bar. It's the mindful part of the mindful surfer that starts to come into play, often much more during these times when it can be a bit crappy for people.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. In my 20s, when I went through periods where I wasn't surfing as much as I'd want to, my sugar consumption would go up.
1: Yeah,
0: And for other people, it might be alcohol or or drug use or whatever it might be, because we're trying to find a way of alleviating stress that surfing was doing for us very naturally and and very healthily. But we can we can fall slightly into that thing of, of leaning on those things that give us an instant gratification that help alleviate stress that maybe somewhat replace what surfing you know was giving to us. but I think that that is where and he touched upon this again, but that is where some form of quiet, calming, breathing, grounding type of work that goes on each day, whether it goes around the mobility at the same time or not like, like you know like a yoga mm-hmm. or a pure meditation where you just sit still and deep breathe has to be in there because mm. there's got to be some way. We've got to, as humans, create some way of alleviating stress and bringing about calm that is free from it having to be dependent upon X, Y, or Z. Because when you've got your mind and you got your nostrils, you're off. You're now potentially going into from alpha brainwaves to beta brainwaves, maybe even down to delta brainwaves, which someone like Joe Dispenza talks oh, yeah. about a lot. And when you are at delta, you're completely still. And if a thought does enter your head, it enters so slowly, you're so observant of it, it's just passing, and then you're back to complete presence. So that level of calm is achieved with his students and his retreats just by sitting on your arse and focusing on the breath. You do it enough, and the body just, the cells just go into this well-being state of complete calm, and all the digestive enzymes come up. The synapses in your brain are sharpened, and everything is just, because you're so free from fight or flight, you're in a state of freedom. You've come from fear, you're into freedom. And that, that can be achieved just by sitting and breathing. That's not to say that I wouldn't, <laughs> that I'd give up surfing today just to go and be a yeah. monk and deep breathe. No way. I'm human. Yeah. And I want that radical vibe. I want to get stuck in. I want that buzz that you get from surfing. But if you can combine that with a practice that helps you accept, basically, yeah. yesterday you had to accept and you? you
1: couldn't go in. I couldn't do anything, couldn't go in. And we are masters of distraction as humans, aren't we? We're looking for something. Always, by the way, I'm talking to myself here as much as anyone else, is that looking for some way to distract ourselves from where we are, whether it's a healthy distraction or whether it's a dwelling on something that's happened that you can't control, whether it's worrying about the future that you've got no chance of controlling or knowing what might happen or not, whether it's trying to alleviate whatever sense of self-imposed, created boredom you've put on yourself, here and now is boring. Well, what is that? What does boredom mean? And as I say to my kids, and they probably want to punch me for this, is you've got to get used to boredom because if you're comfortable with that state, you're comfortable with life, right? There are so many, almost more distractions than ever. We have to be distracted by what's going on somewhere completely beyond our realm of control. What's going on in a constant news cycle that just repeats the same stuff over and over again, as we were saying last week. You still can't do anything about, guess what, from the last time you heard it. But it's that distraction of taking you out of centering and saying, am I whole at this moment in time, this one nanosecond right now? And dealing with that, a bit like the sort of elephant analogy, if you can eat that one step at a time, that acceptance of who you are, where you are and what you're doing. And of course, enjoy all the distractions because we are, let you say, vibrant rock and roll creatures who love all of the good things that come with life. But the good things are hard to assess if you can't also sit in the quieter times and it's not almost enjoyment either is it It's just a, mm. it's just that's what it is <laughs> you're just there with it just and, there and present. so far to go on that certainly I have and it's turning up the awareness on it and saying that's what it is and it's that's so true yeah.
0: it's so true and I know that I, I rely on surfing as a distraction mm. from my mind uh, a lot we all are human and we all have things we lean on but I also know that there's a Proust French philosopher Proust quote mm. which I love and still remember to this day which is all of man's problems can be stemmed back to his inability to sit alone in a dark room. That is where you really start to discover, now there's this challenge called the mind. And being just completely still with it is incredibly challenging. But when you do it, you turn the cogs the other way. And the cogs aren't going in the way of, I need this and I need that to be well. They're now going back the other way, which says, I am well, because I was always well from the beginning. There was nothing unwell about me whatsoever, except for a mind that created a problem from from nowhere. There's a lovely quote, which is, I didn't know I had a problem until I started thinking about one. You know, I can lie in the bath sometimes. It cracks me up this. I can lie in the bath sometimes. I'm doing my salt bath and recovering from, you know, weightlifting or surfing, whatever I'm doing. And I'm, I'm lying there in a Epsom salt bath, which by the way, is phenomenal for recovery. Just putting that out. We'll leave that in the show notes. And I'm laying there and I'm just meditating as I do every day. And I've come up with a problem. And not only have I come up with a problem, because my mind's gone there, because it just travels. It's now started to think more about the problem. So it's now made it into more of a problem. And then the body's connected to it too. The heart rate changes a little bit. Adrenal glands start secreting hormones. If I can't notice that, well, and observe that that's happening, I am the experience of the mind. And there could be nothing further, even to the infiniteness of the universe, further from what you really are than your mind. There's this such still entity that we don't know what it is. It's consciousness you can't, as soon as you try and describe it, you're not describing it anymore, that is watching that thought. That sentient being is seeing that. And if you can have that practice, it's a lovely balance then because you've got this great surfy bit, which you don't over-rely on, but then you've also got this grounding bit. It's the yin and the yan. Yeah. It's, that's what it is.
1: And we are lucky that surfing, you'll have heard this a lot from us, and we're nicking that sort of Jerry Lopez kind of quote, or sort of the version of it to say it is a little secret hatch into that flow state, that meditative completely being. There's no question about it. That's why we do it. Nothing wrong with that. It's just trying to realize that when that's gone, how do you take that? How do you keep that door open when you're not on the wave?
0: Well put. There you go. I tend to say 250 words and you'll put it down into like 10. It's a very great skill you've (laughs) got. It's really good. I just waffle <laughs> yeah. and you make it succinct. But we're, we're a good team, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, that's
1: it. We're back in, it's lyrical ping pong. Yeah, it is. It is. Dude, you had some bits you want to mention on Mind? There is a Mind bit in here. You sent me a link to these guys' SBS surfboards. And it got us thinking about some of the... Because Will and I consume loads of board footage of uh, how does that surfboard ride... What does it do? Is that going to improve my surfing? What fins has that guy got? You know, cause we are surf nerds as well. That's the show, right? So is mindfulness as well. But we're still consuming all of that stuff. We were chatting before the show about this, but one thing SBS seemed to have done well and they're a local ish to us. They make some boards. I wasn't aware of them till you flagged it. They make some really nice boards from what I can see, but also some of their footage is a bit more authentic of more relatable surfers surfing the products. And we were chatting about, wouldn't it be great if every single manufacturer showed a video of every, whatever, a broad category of level surfer surfing that exact board. Because there's a tendency, particularly if you're new to surfing and you're looking to buy your first board, or you're looking to buy a board from one of the big manufacturers as well, who produce lots of slick videos about their products. Very, very key as well with the softboard manufacturers, and I love for softboard. But you'll often see the footage for that, where you've got Felipe Toledo riding as a five foot four softboard, doing airs and boosting these massive tricks off the lip and no one (laughs) within the sort of real human world, unless you've had as much coaching practice, if you work out in the gym as well as Felipe, all of the things, it's not just about being a good surfer. It's about all of the things he's done to be that surfer. So it's not the board that makes you do those things. It's you. So the surfer is doing those things often as much as the board. I'd love to see more footage of people at the different levels, Sasha tries to do this with zero egos, surfing a board that might be or might not be your choice of thing that you ride. The learning, if you like, the mind hack for that is don't see something, then get that and be disappointed that you're not doing the same things. Because like I was saying about any other sport, maybe you do in your fantasy world, but you don't buy a Marcus Rashford shirt and then go and have a kick around in the park and expect that you're going to be as good a footballer as Marcus Rashford. Unless, of course... You've done all the things that Rashford has done to get to the level that he's at. So, too, dude. You made a great point before
0: we got on air today. It was about this beginner, intermediate, advanced thing. Yep. It'd be lovely to see those three levels of surfer, and I know they're labels that we're using, but we're using for now, for the sake of this conversation, who are on the same, the right ball for their dimensions, yep. okay, on the same wave. Yep. So, not huge, not tiny, but just that medium yep. level that we mostly surf, small yep. to medium. And it'd be great to have that footage. Create that compare and contrast and go, oh, that's what the ball can do yeah. if it's surfed by that person. But that's what it can do when it's surfed by that person and yeah. that person. And you can start to put yourself more mindfully in those brackets of go, okay, okay well, actually, that's therefore more suitable to me, etc. Because the point is, what happens to tons of surfers, and I probably think the majority of surfers worldwide, is they get lured in by really clever marketing. I get in by it all the time like yeah. you know when was it yesterday i was looking at the rocket wide it's an almeric model yeah it's an in-betweener board it would fit really nicely in my quiver and i'm looking at footage and the footage is of two feet overhead lower trestles and the guy riding it is i think it was Noel salas in fact yeah. who has a great show i love his show surfing show he's a lovely dude as well i'd love to get him on one day but he fucking shreds the arc out of those lips and he's at lower trestles you watch it with this, like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And you're like, well, um, Will, we need, to, we need to sit down. This is like the parent, you know, telling the child, this is how the birds and the bees works. You know, it's yeah. like, Will, you know, we, just, we need to sit you down. I've got something to tell you. You don't fucking surf like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like telling your kid's father Christmas doesn't exist. It,
0: yeah, it's kind yes of like what? that. Yeah, it is. But so I think it's this thing where getting a really exact and really mindful approach to your board choice through what you observe and research online is hard to do. It's not all out there. Like loads of brands, loads of top surf brands are putting out footage of stuff that makes you kind of go, oh, do you know where I would say is different? And this is where, and listen, we would love one day to work with Matt Biolas. I just love Lost. I think Lost is probably the world's favorite shaping brand. I think I can throw that out there. Maybe I don't know if they statistically are as well, like in terms of sales, but. Matt Biolis has tons of videos online of him riding the puddle, of him riding the rocket yep. wide, of him riding this, him riding that, on days that are really average, that make him look even more average. So that's really smart. And I think that, truthfully, the way the surf world's going, I think that's better fucking marketing. Yeah, Because we're watching it going, oh my God, thank you, Matt Biolis, for being real. Not just pumping out pro after yeah. pro after
1: pro. I'm not a pro. Let be well, it, real. It's that whole Instagramification that we've mentioned before that you say, here's a pro on inverted con comm- Perfect waves on this board. Go get it. You'll do the same. And it's just nuts, isn't it? If anybody wants to come and make that with us, we'd yeah. be well and truly up for that, yeah. right? To say, let's just have three categories or yep. as best you can for each of the boards that you're pushing and then let people make the decision. Even when the category that says, who is this board suitable for? And you know you know what we like with labels, but it's like, well, suitable for beginner, intermediate. Okay, let's have a look at them surfing it then. Then those people can decide. Because often they're shelling out a lot of cash for these things as well. Massively. And dude, it reminds me
0: of one of our big dreams yeah. around this podcast, which is to one day make a documentary that we yeah. both feel very passionate about that's yeah. around this topic, Yeah, which is, we'll use the word, we're both on an improving scale. Yes. On different, slightly different levels yeah. of that scale, I'm doing more full roundhouse cutbacks and top turns and things, and you're going into that yeah. journey and doing more of them. Let's use that as the sort of uh, blueprint Absolutely. there of where we're at. Now, one of my big goals, if not biggest goal, is to get a full shack deep in the tube, two or three seconds, whatever yeah. the universe wants to give me, and get a real genuine behind the curtain, run through the lip, ride the phone ball, spit out the barrel, barrel. And you have this dream goal of full roundhouse cutback. Yeah full lip release, top turn, yeah. dot, 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 maybe ride steeper, bigger yeah. waves. like lots of goals you have. So we have, we have these goals. Now for me to have that in a documentary filmed over yeah. six months of monitoring and filming, monitoring, filming with coaching, absolutely with good coaching. Like you'd have coaching piece to cameras. You'd have, yeah. you know, you and I piece to cameras will be yeah. kind of the, lots of the difficulties and the hardships. And the, it would basically show you the graft yeah. that goes into these journeys. Yeah. And, and I think that is so much of what is missing sometimes in the surf media world. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Listen, if you want in to message into, you know, DM into yeah. our, our Instagram. And- if
1: fil- There's a few filmmakers listen to this show as well, actually. Yeah. If you're interested, come and have a chat to us we- about it because it's a big old uh, project that we'd love to get involved in. It's all about authenticity, isn't it? We started the show with an idea of authenticity. Show real people, real surfers, if you like, and the broad gamut of surfers that exist, what's possible with practice, training, effort, discipline, and knowing, actually we know this through hard experience and there's still a long way to go. There's no shortcut. And just because you're good at something today doesn't mean that you will be good at it tomorrow if you don't keep up that discipline. Well said. Beautifully put. Talking of discipline, did you want to mention anything on body? Because you've been doing this this body hacking. Yes. So. This is not televised, thankfully. But yeah, I've just, since the beginning of, what was it, the first month, 4th of January or something like that, trying to introduce the intermittent fasting from a sixteen eight perspective with a coconut oil bulletproof, coffee, start the day with cold water therapy daily. So cold shower now daily. And that's, I'm increasing the sort of length of that, which is quite interesting. And then just trying to dial in some of the diet. And why am I doing that? Well, it's about trying to keep every day as optimum as possible to enable me with Will to make some of the gains around surf fitness and exactly what you just talked about. I know that I need to be in, especially at my age, better shape to perform some of the maneuvers I would like to try at least- to my full potential on those waves. That's simply why I'm doing it. How have you been feeling? The mornings have really got dialed. So that feels great, whether it's a placebo or not. But hey, you are the placebo, aren't you, sometimes? And if it feels good, it's it's good. So much sharper and, and dealing with it very well in the morning. So the morning work routine is really good as well. I'm actually doing some daily mobility as we were discussing and, and the reasons why we talked about earlier in the show. And I'm feeling good with that. What I've got to get over is this hump where around sort of three o'clock-ish in the afternoon, there's a little bit of, just sort of, there's a big dip there and I'm just working out why. Uh, yeah, we would
0: discuss it before yeah. the show. The, um, my perfect day and the perfect day of lots of people I've spoken with who tend to really be dialed into this biohacking world will do a fatty coffee, to whether that's butter, coconut or palm oil, cacao butter, there's loads of different saturated fat. It's very important to have that with it because that's how you get the dopamine pathway and it creates the brain alertness with the caffeine, but it also slows the caffeine release. It's called timed release caffeine. When you have fat and caffeine, it just slows it right down. So it means you don't get that spike and then the drop. So it gives you more sustainable energy throughout the morning. Then I'll fast until lunchtime, which could be anything between like one o'clock and four o'clock. That first meal, when I break the fast, is a low carb or even sometimes zero carb meal because what can happen if you fast, and this is where a lot of conventional doctors who aren't savvy to biohacking will go, you can't do that, you must snack, you must do this, you must, which of course is a huge, huge myth, which has been dispelled by a number of people, including Paul Check, Ben Greenfield, Led Hamilton, Chris I could go on and on. With top research, not just woo-woo, placebo mm-hmm. stuff, but top research that shows that you don't need to snack at all. It can be that you need to snack, but this is where I'm going with my point. If you have a low-carb meal, then after that fast, it can help bring blood sugar back up more steadily. So if you have carbs at lunch after fasting, it can spike it in too quickly, which can lead to a bit of a roller coaster. Mm. And then what I tend to do is wait to have my carbs in the evening, because then when you have the carbs, they make you feel tired and sleepy and whoa, yawning, because carbs, paradoxically, actually, mm. when you have enough, actually make us oftentimes kind of sleepy and kind of tired. Now, that might not be the case for you. Where I'm going with this is, I think it's really interesting that you're doing the biohacking, and I do biohacking. My point is, biohacking is a label. It's kind of silly because your biology, is your state of well-being now. There isn't really any such thing as biohacking. Oh, I'm biohacking. Well, are you aware of your body? That's it. Because what biohacking is, is like, oh, I have got biology and the biology is going on in my neurons. It's it's, it's taking place in the brain, which is fascinating because there is this physical aspect of the brain, but then also my body itself, my heart, my lungs, my organs, my muscles, whatever. This is going on all the time. It's your present moment state of well-being. So if you're just in tune with that, there's no one diet for anyone, but except that we are a constant experiment. People say to me all the time, you know, should I go go vegan? And I'm like, mate, (laughs) that is like me trying to answer to you, does the universe end one day when you travel far enough? Like, I have no idea what is best for you. The only thing I can know is what is best for me. And this is where I find it really troubling when people say, you should do this. You should eat vegetarian. It's better for your surfing. You should eat more meat. It's better for this. Slow down a second. Because... (laughs) Not only do beliefs dictate placebo, which has a huge effect on the body in general, but the body itself is so unique to who you are. This unbelievable like snowflake, like this crazy miracle that is you, that makes up all these trillions of cells. Only you can know how you feel yeah. when you eat what you eat, when you do what you do. I've had people naysay me for years. Oh my God, guy needs to eat more. He's just fast. He's barely eating. Da, 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 da. And I just silently
1: feeling good. But also, what's it to them? But yeah, we're in this world now, aren't we? Where everybody wants to push. If you have a different opinion to someone, you have to be wrong. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Does it work for you? Just let it be. As the Beatles said, isn't it? It's kind of, just let it be. That's it. You can't tell somebody what they should feel or should be doing to make them feel better. Only they know, really. You can work in advice, obviously, and what's good for the physical body and the biology of the body. At the same time, we are our own feeling aren't we and, and only you if you kind of dial into that know what that is so true
0: and if you're not feeling good it's time to tweak yeah. that's all you need to know so if you're feeling good carry on yeah. feeling good carry on okay suddenly not feeling good right time to tweak what is that is it the breathing is it what you put in your body nutrition like hydration or time to get to bed last night you know what are your supplement yeah. regime like how much touch and kindness and love have you had in your life the last couple of days? You know, it's little tiny, tiny things, but they all have an effect on your biology. So that's all it is. And there's no right way to that. That's where the doctrine comes in. We, mindfulness is the opposite of doctrine. It's the, how am I feeling? If we can stick to that. Now, listen, dude, on our final segment, the Surf Media Insight, do we want to mention SBS surfboards again? Yeah, just let's, let's give them a shout. Give them a big shout out. There's a few things. Number one, their price point. Really reasonable. Yeah. Four to four fifty for a well made epoxy coated EPS core board is very yeah. rare these days. Yeah. Very rare. That's pounds, by the yeah. way. Most boards are what? dollars
1: hundred. Six
0: fifty seven. Yeah. Reasonable yeah. price point. They also do a split pay. Yeah. By the way, we're not sponsored by no. <laughs> it yeah. really sounds like yeah. it doesn't it? It's a sponsored yeah. ad. But they do split pay, yeah. which is really cool, not percent. The shapes are really realistic. Yeah. They've got really realistic and real footage online. Yeah. I haven't stumbled upon a surfboard brand like these guys, I would say ever, and I've got a really big shout out. I just love the vibe, guys. Yeah, and good that love they're them.
1: local shapers. And there's a, there's a couple of other local shapers out there who are doing affordable. Luke Young, I've got a Luke Young board. there's some really good stuff. But these guys, when you flag them, they, they do look good. But we, no, we're not sponsored by them. Not sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. But we may be. Yes. One day. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's cool. I've got one. Just f- oh, go on. Is, is Mikey Wright. Did you see his rescue? The rescue. I mean, everybody's seen it now. But, uh, it's famous. Whoa. What a ledge, eh?
0: Tell people what it is, though, if they haven't listened to it or seen it. Sorry. So,
1: I mean, is he in Oahu? I didn't actually see yes. where it is. So, yes. uh, having a beer. Not sure. Mikey Wright's a pro surfer and Australian one at that and very good. Just a proper good all-round sort of. Almost like a, an old-school hero in this clip that he's very much having a post- Looks like a post-surf beer around Christmas time. Somebody's been washed off the rocks because I mean the swell and the power of the surf there is intense. Would not want to be caught in any of that sort of unpleasantness of a rip there. I mean it makes our stuff look benign by comparison. And Mikey Wright simply puts his beer down, runs, dives in, and in very, very difficult rescue conditions without any board or tube to rescue this woman with, helps pull this this woman out of the danger zone and into safety, with the help of other people on the beach in the end. And I mean just amazing how instinct. That's an instinct thing, isn't it? If you want to sort of feel good, watch the Mikey Wright rescue clip. It's it's epic. So good. Yeah, well done, Mike. Full hero. Yeah. Go, Mike. Guys. That's a wrap.
0: Thanks for joining us. Yeah. We will have guests again soon, but we've discussed this, yeah. that we just love this vibe that we create, you and I are doing this thing. Yeah. And um, for season two, which we're in now, we're going to look at bringing in kind of local surfers, yep and interesting characters who are slightly outside that surf world who can relate great information back to our surfing like physios and people and um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that because that's kind of we want to create a slightly different angle in this season and then kind of go back to guests
1: later on and especially with where we're at there's some interesting people lined up but it's just you know we also would like to get back to doing face-to-face stuff with them rather than it always being over a Zoom and some of our local heroes if we we like from that subject they've got some interesting stories to tell and we want to bring that to you wherever you listen to this around the world big time nice
0: one guys see you next week see you next week